All right, how's it going, everyone? Thanks for joining me on a new episode of the Music Reviewer Podcast. My name is Josh, and today we're doing a new album review. This is, this is going to be episode 66, and we are covering the latest album by the artist Claro today. And the name of the album is titled Sling. Sling was released on July 16th, 2021. And yeah, I was just looking forward to this Claro album when at, whenever it was going to drop. It actually came to a surprise because I learned about the release quite abruptly as it was released or just after it was released. Um, after hearing uh, Amoeba, one of the, I think, the only lead-off single for this album. So uh, yeah, if you caught the uh, last episode of the podcast that was uh, actually a new segment I dropped called uh, Talking Tracks on YouTube. Uh, I reviewed that track uh, and uh, I talked about it pretty favorably and I stated I would be reviewing the album. So yeah, that's uh, what we're doing now and um glad I'm getting around to this. Um, I think I have a few thoughts to say about overall, you know, this album and then Claro in general. So yeah, if you're just looking uh, forward to some of my thoughts on uh, this album in general. Go ahead and stick around uh, because yeah, it's a pretty cool album. Uh, a huge drastic stylistic shift. But before we get started, just want to let everyone know the latest episode of the podcast released um, quite you know quite a bit ago, <laughs> July twenty second. Officially was the Modest Mouse review. Uh, for the Golden Casket, uh, which was their latest album from the legendary indie rock band, uh, was very middle of the road on it. Uh, thought it kind of just came and went. Uh, you know, wish there was a bit more memorable moments on it overall. But if you're interested in my thoughts on that album review, go ahead and check out the review, but also check out the album. Even if you're just very lightly into Modest Mouse, I think you can maybe come out maybe liking a song or two from it. Uh, but anyways, uh, thanks to everyone that listened to that review. It did quite well, uh, surprisingly well, especially with like indie rock bands. Uh, a lot of times in the past, uh, they don't garner too much attention. But uh, yeah, this one did pretty decently. So thanks again for everyone that listened to that. And uh, it's on the YouTube side as well. Um, but um, after that, I did, like I stated earlier, drop a new segment uh talking tracks so um we'll be doing another episode of that soon at some point i think after uh, after i cover this clara album i'm going to be doing a, an ep review for the latest eve's tumor ep because i haven't done one of those ep uh, episodes in a while and i guess I did take I did take a little bit of a time after dropping this Modest Mouse review and talking tracks episode one. I did go on a little vacation and then was kind of just garnering some thoughts about what to do on the podcast next. So uh, I think I'm pretty set up for what I'm gonna be go where I'll be going after this review. Uh, so keep a lookout for that second episode of talking tracks in the Eve's Tumor EP review. I think I'm gonna be dropping both of them on the EP side and then. Who knows what album I'll review next. I'll probably end up covering the latest Kanye album, Banda. I know that's been pretty much the latest uh, huge buzz on the music industry side. And like anticipated album of the summer at this point. He might not even drop it. We'll see. But um, yeah, maybe we'll do. And hell, I think Billie Eilish just dropped a new album too that I should probably listen to. Uh, we'll probably get around to that at some point. But anyways, thanks for tuning in. We'll, let's go ahead and get into the gist of this review. All right, so uh, like I said earlier, the name of the album is titled Sling. Artist uh, is Claro. 
which Clara is an American singer-songwriter, born in Atlanta, Georgia, but raised in Massachusetts, so she's a Northeastern gal. Uh, you know, she started early, and she started as early as 13 years old, uh, posting and sharing music to the internet, for, according to, you know, just her general biography. Uh, and I guess she didn't really gain much prominence until about 2017 when she released a viral hit track along with the music video for the track Pretty Girl, uh, a track that I believe can be partially credited with the rise of bedroom pop at the time in the late 2010s, along with other contemporaries like Omar Apollo and Boy Pablo. And yeah, bedroom pop, that indie subgenre that were kind of riding the coattails, uh, that was kind of riding the coattails of like 2010s uh, Mac DeMarco jingly indie rock success. Uh, I remember this moment quite well. You can even maybe make the case that artists like Billie Eilish rose to fame, partly because of like the bedroom pop aesthetic. Um, I think when Billie Eilish was coming up, she was kind of categorized in those young alternative artists that were kind of had some pop sensibility that weren't quite sounding like the mainstream pop uh, on the radio at the time. Um, Clara ended up releasing other viral songs like Hot Cheetos, uh, you know, as singles as her fame rose in the late 2010s. And she followed that, she, <clears throat> and she followed up, uh, her internet viral success with her debut album, 2019 Immunity, uh, which ended up having some, uh, pretty great tracks, uh, coming from that album. I went back, as I always do, uh, in preparation for this latest album, to the, her most recent work, which ended up being her debut work, uh, Immunity, which um, was a, a pretty, it, it's a pretty drastic change. Um, well, first of all, she she went with on this album with Rostam of Vampire Weekend fame, uh, who who was a member of Vampire Weekend, which I think he was, you know, the uh, one of the main uh, creative engines to that group uh, after uh, maybe the frontman who uh, provided a lot of, I guess, backing vocals, keyboards, and, you know, prob I think he was uh, the main producer, a lot of Vampire Weekend's work. Um, even, I think, their latest album, if I'm not mistaken. But anyway, she went with him on this album, and and I think that's just a cool little tidbit. Um, especially for her debut album, she was able to uh, work with such a prominent you know, um, music figure, I guess, in this indie rock world, uh, who has produced other projects such as his own and uh, has a unique flair to his work as well with a lot of vibrant and ambient uh, subtleties thrown in. And I would say Immunity has a lot of that at points too. Uh, you know, starting with, uh, I think, the opening track, Alewife, it's an interesting track to open up as it features a constant anticipation as the track progresses, that would seem like a chorus eventually uh, would happen, but it ends up just developing into like this extended instrumental interlude. The track Impossible is a track that sort of sounds like Claro coming into her own with this track, feeling with it feeling quite vibrant and organic, uh, with the kind of track that blends in well with her vocals, uh, you know, when she's able to achieve, you know, the balance between the songwriting, the instrumentals, and her vocals just kind of meshing together into this just one body of work. Uh, she's really at her best. Uh, Bags is probably one of the most notable tracks in her discography. <clears throat> the track seems to bring out her stronger tendencies like 
Her light vocal timbre, giving just enough presence that's needed to blend in well with the straightforward indie instrumentals or even her ability to write a candid song. Uh, that's structured really well. It's a great track. Softly is centered around a more hip-hop and R&B-centric groove guided by the drum track. The track embodies the bedroom pop aesthetic quite well, especially in the context of 2019 when that was kind of just bigger than it is now, arguably. Sophia was another important track on this album. Uh, the track features a production highlight for Rostam uh, on this album as it's filled with all sorts of different textures that are balanced in like a meticulous manner that keeps the track quite engaging all throughout. Probably one of my favorite Claro tracks, honestly. Uh, the track Feel Something was an interesting, more pop-centric track. Kind of reminded me of Too Late to Apologize by One Republic simply because it was like structured around a piano and the track percussion being similar to whatever Timbaland put on that track. Uh, it's definitely, that track was definitely a different direction overall in the context of the album. I'd say, uh, you know, up to that point in the album, it's a really strong project. Um, it gets a little looser towards the end, but, uh, you know, that's, could be expected on a debut album. I think maybe, uh, creatively, she didn't really know what direction she was headed, or maybe the powers that be, her management, her label, uh, were just wanting to put different tidbits of different styles and, you know, possibly see what worked. But honestly, commercially, I think it was a success uh, in terms of critical acclaim. I think it is. It probably had its fair share of um, praise. I certainly think this album's good. Um, it certainly made me more intrigued by Claro and wanting me to, and I wanted to hear more afterwards. And it made me anticipate what she would do next. And um, uh, we got something that completely uh, changed, uh, I guess, how she would be, how she's viewed now. Uh, this new project by her sling, uh, first of all, was produced by Jack Ironoff. Which, uh, what artist uh, in this pop indie vein, uh, from Taylor Swift to Lana Del Rey to um, numerous others, St. Vincent, uh, haven't gone to him. So I guess when I saw, um, of course, Lord probably started that, but that's another story. Um, so when I saw that Jack Ananoff was on this, I was not so surprised, but... I was surprised in the way that Clara went uh, as, you know, the lead single here, Meba, completely drops any, like, indie rock sensibility, uh, and it's more, this is more, like, uh, vintage singer-songwriter, piano-centric, uh, you know, st aesthetic for Claro, and it's kind of just set the, it kind of set the tone for the rest of the album. Um, it doesn't seem like she's now this... Um, this star, this emerging star that would fit into like this indie bedroom pop mold where she would, you know, tour around with like a typical setup of like a guitar, a bassist and a drummer, maybe a keyboardist and uh, maybe some backing vocalists. But uh, now it seems like she's ditched that whole uh, picture and went more towards uh, this is just me, Claro, the singer songwriter, instrumentalist, producer, what, uh, whatever she's emerging as, and this is what I want to do. Uh, that's pretty much what this album, I think, the statement is overall. Um, you know, we, we open up with the track Bambi. <clears throat> Wasn't as big of a fan as this one as Amoeba, but I think that's pretty much the general consensus from what I've been reading. Uh, there's a melancholy opening with like some trinkled over piano melodies that are quite rich and vibrant. Love the accompanying melodic bass. This sort of track kind of reminds me of the long intro movie music. You'd get the beginning of a movie that 
before we get any dialogue it's kind of just setting up the scene of you know how a movie is starting that's kind of like how this opening track feels um interesting woodwind impl implementation that happens a few more times on the album uh you know it's kind of used with some vintage sensibility probably like if you're going back a few decades back or so when i guess those instruments were more common in pop music and I guess you can say there's uh, some light Elliott Smith influence that later is heavily hit on a lot more. Um, but yeah, I, I will I will say this is a great opening track, but I really didn't, I wasn't really captivated or I really wouldn't be captivated until I heard Amoeba, uh, which th this track is great. It's one of my favorite tracks this year. Um, it, it's much more of a mature track for Claire overall. I love the disco inspired drum track. The light, chirpy instrumentals that fill up the track nicely. It kind of reminds me of like maybe some slight 90s influence with like well, Say That You Love Me by the Cardigans. The keyboard work is great all throughout. It's consistent. It's groovy. Uh, and especially for a track that begins quite piano centric, it doesn't go in a predictable way. It came out very interesting and intricate and lovely. And I had got. I have to give it off to Jack Antonoff here, uh, a guy who's very talented, and but I will say his production is a very hit and mi hit or miss for me. Um, for instance, I, I wasn't a huge fan of what he did on Folklore with Taylor, but uh, that might have been more of like a Taylor fault. Um, and I, I, I can't say I'm the biggest fan of Bleachers either, but uh, I'm more of a fun kind of guy. Uh, if you catch my drift, but anyways, uh, Partridge is the song right after that. Didn't quite find this to be a highlight but i do enjoy the light fluffy falsetto harmonized vocals that are quite nice all throughout here uh it gives the track a sense of vulnerability uh there's some nice space spaced out boomy bass lots of low end it might maybe take up a bit bit too much space in the mix sometimes it's bearing certain things but it's not bad either uh after that we get zinnius which i think is a great track uh overall in the context of the album uh, it sounds like an, an electric guitarless uh, Frankie Cosmos. It's much more organic, but the vocals remind me a lot about the vocalists from the band Frankie Cosmos. Uh, the track seems like it could be missing some weight at first, but that quickly changes when we get the drum track introduced and uh, the guitar that enters in. Um, the, the hooky guitar melody that comes in. Uh, and I really do like that guitar rift and the instrumental interlude section that, uh, you know, kind of makes the track feel a little bit more engaging. Clara's vocals can seem a bit too quietly sung at times. That does happen a bit on the album. And, like, there's also some hints of, like, Americana, Fleetwood Mac influence, especially on the instrumental passages. It's very organic and, I guess, quote-unquote, vintage-sounding. Um, there, there's a bit of Fleetwood Mac influence at times, um, all over this thing that could be probably credited to Jack Antonoff. I think he's, um, quite versed in, you know, a lot of the artists of the past and being able to recreate the sounds. Uh, Blouse kind of, it kind of has that acoustic singer songwriter flavor to it. That's when we, this track kind of overly emphasizes or maybe introduces that Elliot Smith influence again, maybe some light Sufon Stevens. Uh, kind of wish this had more of like a set pulse or defined or some defined percussive textures. It's not bad though, and it's it's an overly somber track. It, it's very sad, and it, I guess it kind of exemplifies like 
the sound that happens all throughout the album when I guess these somber moments are created a lot. Uh, after that, we got Wade. Didn't think too much about this other than it's very overly singer-songwriter again uh, and very overly Elliot Smith influence. It sounds like she was rewriting uh, something that Elliot Smith could have written. Um, some light and crisp percussive textures here and there that serve the track well. Uh, but I will say maybe the best thing about the track is the lovely brass and string instrumentals being implemented. By this point in the tr in the project, the album feels quite set in s a certain aesthetic and quality um, that we probably got in the past two tracks. Uh, we don't really, I will say, we don't really get as another Zinnius or Amoeba, uh, but the album doesn't really suffer all that much. Uh, after that, we have Harbor, which uh, you know at least we got some much needed percussion to get the track rolling. Uh, past a certain point, the piano implementation, although is a tad generic. Uh, it's the least original it's been utilized thus far on the album, so I will say that was maybe a slight disappointment on the album. Just for today, and honestly at this point, the album is starting to sound a little bit alt-country or Americana at some point. Uh, <clears throat> or at this point. Um, but the track is maybe just lacking a bit of energy or overall vibrance. Uh, but I will say at least it's keeping the organic instrumentation true and consistent. After that, though, Joni, um, I will say this is a pretty cool track. I like the sleekness of the piano performance on here with, like, hints of jazz and maybe blues. It has, like, a 70s or 60s flavor to it, like Fleetwood Mac's light psychiness to it. Um, a lovely-sounding drum track on here, too. And the track has some nice moments, but all in all, I think it just it feels like some pretty ideas connected together that don't really have an overall grand or overall focus to it. After uh, Joni, Reaper comes in, and I, I really think this track is a bit of a highlight. I think it grew on me after a few listens. Um, it, it, it's overly folkish or Americana. I will say she kind of shines in this context, especially on this track. Uh, there's a lovely, some lovely dreamy guitar effects going on at some points. There's a, a nice weight that I can feel on this track with the warm bass that's implemented uh, and the lower end on the percussive elements. I do really like the vocal harmonizations that sound like they're very squeezed out in the upper register. It provides a nice quality to the track. You know, it sounds like on its own it wouldn't sound nice, but in the grand context of the sound of the track, it's it sounds quite nice. And the songwriting and the instrumentals do remind me of maybe like some old Casey Musgraves. I don't know if that's an influence for her, but it ended up coming out that way a little bit. Uh, and after that, Little Changes is another highlight. The track has some obvious direction here that I like. The warm notes that are provided by the piano bass notes that are quite nice in the pre-chorus. That, that later has a lovely transition to the chorus. Uh, and this track really just has some nice dynamics to it. Uh, you know, the soft moments are really soft. The louder moments, you can tell, are the louder moments. Another extremely somber-sounding track, too. Uh, but I like the dirtiness of the effect-driven guitar as it's thrown in on here, too. It's an interesting track. And by this time, we're kind of towards the end of the album. Um, with the track management, uh, we have a bouncy, piano-centric guided track. Uh, I, I like the strings that are audible on much of the track, like 
uh, especially in the context of the eighth note, gro- eighth note groove that's on the verses. But this is very overly Elliot Smith as well. It sounds like she's recreating a song he could have written. It's a confusing track. It, it went in an interesting direction, but I'm not sure if I thought it was a great way to end the album. Uh, and, you know, it does actually feature a climax that I will say some tracks don't actually provide. It, it's definitely not one of the stronger tracks on the album, but certainly not bad. And, uh, yeah, by this time, we're kind of towards the end. And after a few listens, I guess I'm kind of... I, I kind of have a good sense of maybe what was trying to be accomplished here. And that's maybe just like a uh, a new starting point for Claro, because I really think she's ditched uh, whatever she did on uh, the last uh, album, Immunity, and I guess her upbringing and her singles or her come up with the singles that she was releasing early on, like uh, Hot Cheetos and uh, Pretty Girl. So, um, yeah, it's it's a lot more of a mature project, but um, I don't know if I was left really loving it as much as Immunity. I don't know if that's just... That might just be my bias and liking what was... And liking the overall aesthetic of really what Immunity presented. But I will say uh, Sling is maybe a bit more interesting overall. There's a lot more to take in and a lot more to examine. Um, and I, I will say Jack Antonoff really killed it on really whatever he provided. I will say he's probably a majority con- creative contributor if I had to uh, guess you know, how this album went down. So, uh, yeah, really good album I, I i don't know if i can say i enjoyed it as much as other uh projects that i've covered recently that i maybe gave a 7 out of 10 to or something along those lines uh but th- this certainly isn't lacking in terms of like quality or anything like that i will just say at some points it, i was it was a bit snoozy or maybe a little lost but it just seems like some tracks lacked a, a certain direction and they are maybe concerned more with uh, providing a, an, a certain emotion to be conveyed. But maybe it just didn't accomplish, um, you know, pro- making much of a statement uh, in the grand context of the album. Maybe tracks like Just For Today, Harbor, around that point in the album, it seemed to maybe get a little bit lost. Uh, Wade. I can make the argue I felt that way as well, but uh, the strong points are are really uh, hammered on, and they're really great, such as Amoeba, uh, Zinnius, I really love those tracks, Reaper, and Little Changes I think were probably the stronger points on the album, where I I, th- I thought the songwriting was top-notch, the production was top-notch, and, and overall they're just great songs that were executed quite well. Uh, I will say if I had to rate this, probably 6 out of 10, um... Yeah, I'm kind of on the fence if I think it, this is an overall improvement from Immunity, but it's kind of hard to, to make the argument that it's not. Uh, I just don't know if I would uh, I would like to hear more Claro going down a certain direction that was uh, you know hit on quite frequently on this album. Um, not that I don't like Elliot Smith, uh, I just think maybe like the the times that were. Uh, alluded to the influence uh you know it was quite obvious and uh, after a certain point uh i'm just wondering if this is what she's going to stick with um you know consistently from now on but uh the fact that there's such a great but the fact that there's such a drastic change between her debut and this album uh, i wouldn't be surprised if something crazier happens or uh we'll see 
Uh, I do like this album, though, and I think it's worth the listen for really anyone. Um, I, there's pop sensibility here. There's, uh, you know, quote-unquote, like, oldie sensibility. Um, some slight indie rock still in here at some points. There is, like, maybe, like, an overarching uh, musical theater charm, too. Um, I feel like it, it could be... Uh, there's a concept going on, too, but I... I can't, I'm not smart enough to really tell you if that's really what's happening. Good album by Claro. Uh, I just think maybe there's more untapped potential too. Uh, I think Claro fans will come out liking most of this. Um, but if they, if they're, if you're more from the bedroom indie pop side, um, she's kind of ditched a lot of that. So this is going to be, uh, a bit of a drastic change that some people from, you know, for her fan base that really like that stuff might not really, be overly fond of, but, um, I will say she kind of keeps, you know, her charm for most of this. Like, it sounds like Claro. It doesn't sound like a completely new artist that kind of lost their touch. Uh, so yeah, that's a kind of a win there in itself. And I don't know, maybe, and I, I think the potential for new fan base to present itself to her uh, definitely exists with this project because, uh, there's a lot of big influences that are hit on that, uh, certainly have their fans like Fleetwood Mac and Elliot Smith. So, um, yeah. And hell, maybe even like some Americana fans, but with the Casey Musgraves and, uh, stuff like that too. So anyways, yeah, that's uh, pretty much the gist of the review. Uh, give this album a listen if you can. Uh, thanks for listening to the end of, uh, to the end of this review. My name is Josh. I'll be covering some more stuff soon. If you're on YouTube, like and subscribe. Uh, if you like what you hear, not leave some feedback on the comments section and subscribe on your preferred listening service too. Uh, I'll see you later.